All right. Hey, we're Here back. We go. It's rolling. It's intro time. We're a podcast, and our names are Jake and Adam. <laughs> yeah, I like it. This is episode two of our podcast. Episode two. Uh, cool. Yeah. I, I like it. I like the intro. We might have to keep that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're back, uh, and in this episode, we're basically going to be interviewing Adam. And Yay. But before we do that, we just wanted to clarify a couple things. So, Adam, go ahead. Yeah. So, I wanted to go back real quick to a question that you asked, Jake, in episode one. Um, and we were talking about millennials leaving organized religion, millennials leaving the church, millennials leaving evangelicalism in particular. Mm-hmm. And you asked the very relevant and important question, why? Why is this happening? What are some of the reasons that this is happening? Um, and I kind of brushed that question off um, and said that <laughs> some of that would be answered by <laughs> our stories. You kind of freaked um, out on that one. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of freaked out. I kind of choked. Um, uh, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to clarify. I just wanted to clarify for our audience that we are not trying to pretend like our experiences give like the authoritative like story or like capture all of the reasons why people might choose to leave the church um or religion or evangelicalism that there are many 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 various varied reasons why people leave the church um and all of those are worth exploring and paying serious attention to um and jake and i have some reasons for why we left um evangelicalism and why we're at where we are today. Um, but our reasons are generally similar um, and are pretty narrowly narrowly describe the whole variety of reasons. Yeah. All, that's, all I'm trying to say is people have many, many different experiences with the church that caused them to leave, and we just want to represent our experiences as an example of that. Yeah, with, um, with the evangelical church in general. With the evangelical church, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay, cool. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good, that's good, uh, that's a good point. Um, I have a couple things I want to clarify as well. Um, just going off that, we're this really isn't at all about bashing any of the traditions from which we came. This isn't about bashing evangelicalism or Christianity in general, um, or religion, or, or, any or religion. religion, or anybody. We're we're not interested in in being nasty with with <laughs> with people or that that we may disagree with uh this is all about we're not we're trying we're not trying to demonize like we don't want to demonize anyone exactly yeah we're, we're trying to engage in um mutually respectful dialogue with people um and to that end um we want to invite people to to interviews here with us um because this isn't really about me and adam as we've we've said a couple times this is going to be about the the community um and we we've interacted with a lot of people in um our communities uh on just on facebook it's a major part of it that um have really interesting things to say really interesting experiences and we'd love to hear some of those uh thoughts one other thing i wanted to clarify before we jump in um, technically speaking, the 
podcast so far has not been a work of, <laughs> of art. It's kind of just been, hey, uh, let's record and post whatever we have raw and unedited. And basically, that's been it. That might continue for maybe the first couple uh, podcasts, but we're gonna we're gonna learn more about audio engineering. Um, I'm kind of particularly interested in that. We're gonna maybe have intros, music, do things that professional podcasts do. Maybe um, so if sound quality or technical things are bugging you about this, um, it'll get better. <laughs> Hopefully. Assuming, yeah, yeah, that we can actually learn things. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, also, I also want to just reemphasize what Jake was saying about uh, engaging others and hearing from others. If you would be interested in coming on as an interviewee, oh, yes, please, please, please contact us. We would love to interview you um, to have a conversation with you about your faith, um, your experience with that faith, whatever it may look like now, um, for people who are Christians, who aren't Christians, who aren't really sure how to describe themselves, um, people from other faiths, anyone who has experience with um, Christianity. Yeah, and especially uh, just the interest in evangelicalism and and specifically the transition out of it, whether or not you've transitioned out of it. Like, if, if you care about dialoguing with people who you know are maybe in a different place now um you know it's it's really pretty pretty broad what we're what we're aiming to target yeah. here if that makes sense good 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 qualification yeah. yeah okay so anything else adam or are you ready to be uh interrogated yeah <laughs> take it away hit me all right so First question, Adam, are you a Christian? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, that is a very, very difficult question for me to answer. Okay. Um, and my answer kind of depends on the person who's asking it um, and what they mean by that question. Um, okay. Because so many people have different ideas of what it means to be a Christian. Um, so it's difficult for me to always know what they, what my, what the person is meaning when they ask me that. Um, for myself, I consider myself a Christian. Okay. Um, but I feel that most people from the evangelical tradition um, would not consider me to be a Christian. Okay. Um, based on what I believe. Um, at the same time, uh, most atheists would likely consider my beliefs to be somewhat um, unnecessary, if not absurd, with <laughs> regards to religion. So I'm kind of in this, this weird uh, intermediary space where I consider myself a Christian, but I feel uncomfortable around both Christians and atheists yeah. when it comes to faith. Yeah, well, let's, sounds like there's a lot to explore in there. Um, so, okay, f- first of all, uh, let's say if you were talking to um, 
an an atheist or agnostic or someone of a different religion um if you would okay if you would if if they ask you what um christianity meant to you or even more specifically um what is what does jesus and and the gospel story mean to you do you believe that do i believe jesus and the gospel story yeah as as uh narrated by the gospels um again that's that's one of those tricky questions that's hard to answer because it it depends on what people mean by that okay Um, but if i specifically talking about like that first of all that jesus was historical but then also that he um died for our sins that he was buried and rose again um in uh in a, in, a, in a miracle um what about what yeah. about just that i think what where i would probably start off with someone who asked me about my faith who was coming from a different faith background um i would say that i tend to be pretty skeptical about the supernatural okay and spiritual things um but at the same time I would want to say that the story of Jesus and my commitment to following Jesus is probably the thing that is most central to my life hmm. and to um, who I am as a person. Um, How do you understand Jesus um, and his actions apart from the supernatural? Like, how reconcile that for me how you would believe that jesus is a central part of your life but not necessarily believe in the miracles that he did yeah so that's a good question um thank you i'm trying to just trying to figure out how to answer it um (laughs) well i would say i would say baseline i have a huge admiration for the scriptures and the Bible. I believe that they're an incredibly powerful text and contain a lot of truth. With regards to the story of Jesus in the Bible, um, I believe that it's a true story. Um, I don't necessarily believe that it's always a factual story. Um, I and and that's that's kind of an issue of of. It's not that I disbelieve. It's just that I don't actively feel confident that all of these miracles are true. Um, But for me, the truth of the narrative doesn't reside in whether or not miracles, supernatural miracles happened, Hmm. Um, but it has to do more with the meaning of those events depicted um, and how they portray the person of Jesus, what it means about who Jesus was, how people understood him, um, and how we remember him today. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, what about on, on the flip side then, um, a conservative evangelical of, of uh, the type from the communities that, that we both came from, um, if they ask you uh, if you're a Christian, you... What, what? How? How would you go about explaining the nuance to them? What? Where do your beliefs about um, 
Christianity differ from from theirs? Yeah, so I don't think I believe in God in the same way that they do. I But, don't really believe in um, the concept of a personal relationship with Jesus as this individual spiritual connection with um, some spiritual force that's out there. Okay. Um, I, if I believe in God, it's or believe in Jesus as something that is real. It exists to me in people um and i believe that we are in a personal relationship with jesus when we are in a personal relationship with others um, hmm. um i look at um the story um i believe it's about um the sheep and the goats where um jesus is welcoming people in and says um To, to, the, to one group of people, he says, um, uh, welcome, um, I welcome you in. Um, uh, you've basically treated me really, really well, um, and you're welcome here, um, good and faithful servants. And they said, Jesus, when did we treat you well? Um, and he said, you fed me when you fed the hungry, um, and when you ministered to the sick, you're ministering to me. Um, and when you welcomed in the stranger, you're welcoming me. Um, whatever you did to the least of these, you did unto me. Um, and that's the kind of relationship I see Christ calling us into. Um, and, and I think that is what it's, is at the heart of the truth of this idea of a personal relationship with Jesus, is that it's a relationship with Jesus that, that is found in our relationship with others, especially those who are suffering or those who are oppressed, um, that, that Jesus has a special um Jesus is, is especially present um, in those people, and we find him there. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. kind of what I would focus on Okay. Um, in those types of conversations. Yeah. So there's a fair amount of nuance there. Um, um, so you haven't always had these ideas. And for those of you listening to this who don't know... Um, Adam and I have been roommates uh, in, in college and friends before that in, in high school. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're pretty much best friends. So, so I know some things that not everybody knows. Um, and so maybe it would be helpful if you talked, Adam, a little bit about um, the person you were in, in high school. Because I know you haven't always held the same beliefs that you do right now sure um so both jake and i uh grew up in conservative evangelical communities that were pretty um pretty insulated i would say from from the rest of the world um we also didn't grow up in the states so that's its whole its whole thing we grew up in west africa yeah um So an interesting cultural situation. We're um, part so of missionary that, families. Part of, yeah. So a so missionary that, community. Right. So um, I think that factor um, contributed significantly to how seriously uh, 
at least I took, I think both of us took, um, um, our faith, spirituality, Christianity, um, belief in Jesus. Um, and I think we grounded a lot of our identity in that to kind of stabilize us, especially in high school when you're, when you're trying to figure out um, who you are um, as a person. Um, I think the one thing that kind of we could settle on, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, um, with assurance was faith, like our faith in evangelical Christianity, basically, our faith in, in, in Jesus um, in that context. Yeah. And so I, in high school, began to be seriously, seriously com committed to this idea of following Jesus, this uh, like model of what it meant to be a Christian. I, I bought into it completely, 100%. Uh, I made this decision, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, there was never a time when I, I felt like I was not a Christian. I always felt like I was for as long as I can remember. Um, I don't really have a significant conversion experience. Um, but I always just kind of like um, went with it without it causing too much anxiety in me or making me feel like I had to, to exert myself over much until high school. And then I was like, okay, um, I have to fight sin within myself. I have to resist evil. I have to seek to grow in pursuit of God. I have to seek to grow in my relationship with God. And that has to be like the primary focus of all of my energies it needs to be in, in serving God and following God's call for my life. Um, so coming out of high school, I was committed to that a hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, do you have any specific um, examples of like, I don't know, quote, quote unquote, spiritual experiences uh, that you had while you were in high school? Um, were there any moments that you felt like particular moments that you felt just caught up in either worshiping God or you felt like closer to him? Or do you have experiences like that? I hear that a lot. Yeah, I... I mean, before I get into that, I, I want to recognize that looking back, um, I see things through the perspective that I have today. Right. Um, so I'm looking back and reinterpreting things based on the person I am today and the beliefs I have. Um, but trying to, to get back to as close as I can the experience that I had as a teenager, um, there were moments where I felt like I was experiencing something supernatural in terms of like a, a feeling of God's presence or a moment of like heightened spiritual connection or awareness. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's at least, especially in high school, I, I always felt very, very strongly this sense of anxiety around the fact that I was not experiencing God. Mm. Um, the more consistent experience was the anxiety of not experiencing God, mm. of not experiencing God in the way that I was quote unquote supposed to be experiencing him, hearing his voice when I prayed, um, experiencing his presence in worship. Um, I always felt um, anxious that I was not experiencing God in the way that I thought I should be. So I wanted those moments of experience so badly um, that looking back, I have to suspect that that there may have been some fabrication on my part hmm. because I wanted it so badly that that I may have just created the emotion. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of unwilling to rely on these few experiences 
of spiritual euphoria as evidence of God's okay. speaking to me. Yeah. Because it came out of so much anxiety and and desire for that. Um, hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Okay, so how about um, as you went into college then? Um, were you still this this passionate at that point? And because and, you went to a small Christian college, the same college that I went to, Wheaton College. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shout out to Wheaton. Um, <laughs> and uh, Or maybe not, we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> and uh, what... What drew you to a small Christian college? Sure. Uh, at the end of col- uh, at the end of high school, I felt pretty confident about my spiritual journey. I felt like I was on the right track. I felt like, yes, I am becoming the type of Christian I'm supposed to be. I basically everything that is really important, I know. I'm like, okay, I gotta love God. I gotta love other people. I gotta be this certain type of Christian who does certain things and doesn't do other things. And that's what it means to follow God. Um, and I decided I wanted to go to a um, Christian college because I felt like I needed to um, grow more in my um, capacity to effectively serve God. I didn't know what God wanted me to do, but I did know that I wanted to be prepared to do it to the best of my ability. So I went into college with this weird contradiction between my like self-assurance, feeling like I knew everything that was important to know, but also this like deep like like insecurity in um, not feeling capable of serving God in the ways that he might want me to serve him. Um, and at the same time, looking back, I, I know that there was also an, that's that underlying anxiety um, that I had in high school of feeling a little bit like a fraud due to um, not having the experiences that I thought I should be having as a Christian um, and um, also not completely understanding everything that I was supposed to believe. Um, I think going into college, I kind of overcompensated in my confidence in lieu of um, actual understanding, um, and that would that would come back to to, to get me pretty soon yeah okay uh so what about um throughout college uh what was your church experience like um at what point did you uh, stop going to church because i know you weren't going so much uh later on um can you talk about that a little bit what your experience was there sure um Church was one of the most different, difficult, difficult and different parts of my Wheaton experience um, in college, because coming to Wheaton, I was suddenly faced with this incredible diversity of Christian traditions. There were so so many churches at Wheaton, um, and even though it was a, it was a very conservative evangelical community. Um, even within that, there was so much diversity in thought about what it meant to be a Christian. And I was not prepared for that coming out of the high school that we came out mm-hmm. of. Um, there, there was a very clear model of what it meant to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah. easy. You just followed that and you were good. And coming to Wheaton, sure. I'm like, wow, there is like, there are so many different ways of being a Christian, 
so many traditions that represent those different ways. And there are so many churches in Wheaton. Yeah. It, the highest per capita number of churches in the I United States. I think that's true. Is that true? I think so. That is true. It seems like At it's true. It there's, true. There's a church on like every street corner. Yeah. Yeah. It, there were a lot there of churches. A lot. Um, so it was, a, it was a little overwhelming. Um, in high school, it was easy. There was one church. We went to it. Here, there's a billion. And, yeah. Or at Wheaton, there was so many. And it's like, where do I go? Where do I fit? Yeah. In? Um, yeah. And that, that question of fitting in um, more broadly, just in terms of uh, feeling like I knew what it meant to be a Christian and, and fitting in that role became much more complex hmm. um, the longer I, I was at Wheaton. Um, and it was, was a bit of an identity crisis in my first few years there. Yeah. Um, so I didn't attend church very regularly. Um, I tried. Um, I At least for the first um, two years, I was more or less attending church every Sunday or trying to. Um, I had a commitment to it. I, I believed that it was important um, to stay in community even when wrestling with difficult questions and issues of identity, especially when those things were happening. So I, I tried, but um, stopped going. Um, after about two years, I realized it wasn't, I just got tired mm-hmm. of, of the anxiety and the uncertainty. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I... I... Let me think of how to ask this question. Um, growing up, at least in, in our high school environment, you kind of had the idea of a lot of people that went off to college um, didn't, that, that ended up not being Christian. There, there was this sort of idea that uh, college is sometimes a dangerous place for um, Christian students to go and that there were professors out there that were uh, influencing um, drawing people away from the faith um, and so I'm, I'm hearing your story and, and you're talking about college as as the place where these thoughts uh, that differed from uh, orthodoxy started creeping in um, how how would you respond to, to to that narrative of college being a kind of dangerous place where a lot of people lose their their knowledge of what's really important or lose sight of what's important to them? Was that, I mean, is that how you would characterize your experience? Well, I can't speak for everyone, but for myself... Um, that was not my experience. Um, I think it's very easy for an outsider, especially a conservative evangelical, to to read my my journey as one of um, you were once strong in the faith, and then you went off to college and got a liberal education that caused you to question everything you believed, and now you are not a believer um, because you succumbed to temptation. You were you know you were weak. You failed. Um, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess I have those internal voices that that um, I am constantly in conversation with because um, in high school that's what I would have said of someone like me. Yeah, I would have said that about you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you kind of felt that about me for a few yeah, years. Yeah, there. that's true. I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> true story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So look how far we've come. Um, <laughs> you, you've so, taken me down with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's a story for another day. Um, uh, next session, next uh, next episode, actually. Yeah, in fact, yeah. <laughs> um, but I just want to say, I just want to say, I want to be very, very emphatic about this: that the reason I left evangelicalism was not because I became um, ashamed of the truth or um, preferred falsehood over the truth or wasn't or was in some way not dedicated to what is true. Mm. Um, in fact, my own interpretation of what happened um, is that I, at, at some point in college, discovered that I didn't really know what it meant to be a Christian. And I, and I, I basically like gradually began to question that question my previous confidence in what it meant to be a Christian Mm. based on all these things we've discussed. And I was like, Hey, maybe I'm not, maybe my way of being a Christian is wrong. So which way is right? Like, what is, what does it truly mean to follow Jesus? What does it truly mean? What, what all of these debates raging around us in college, Arminianism, Calvinism, um, predestination, uh, creationism, evolution, all of these things going on, um, all of these seemingly faithful people disagreed so much about so many issues that seemed really important. Things like, you know, views of the poor and poverty mm. and, and the our role as Christians in the world. Do we try to make the world a better place or is it or is it doomed? Do we just care about people's souls? Um, yeah. All of these things that seem so crucial. So many Christians, um, dedicated Christians, um, seem to have very different ideas. Hmm. So that caused me to to begin to question my own beliefs. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to consider some, potentially that there are some other ways of looking at this. Um, but I, I discovered as I went on that the more I questioned the beliefs that I was raised in, um, the more pushback I got and the more alienated I felt... Um, from um, the communities that I came from, um, but also the community at Wheaton, um, I began to 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 receive the impression from many people that not only was I coming to wrong conclusions, but I was coming to dangerous conclusions, mm-hmm. conclusions that might undermine my faith, um, and and because of that. I got the impression that there was some sort of moral failure on my part for reaching those conclusions. Um, and the, especially um, as an upperclassman, I began to feel more and more frustrated by this, this fact that there didn't seem to be a space for me to be myself within the Christian community at Wheaton. Um, and that the more that I was truly faithful or that I was trying to be faithful to to being true to Jesus and being true to what is real in the world, um, the more I try to get to the bottom of things, the more I felt repulsed by the very community that I was um, seeking to be an authentic part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it, it got to the point where I was so afraid of not having a place within Christian community. Um, and I, and despite all of my doubts and questioning, 
um, I knew that being in a Christian community was something that I wanted, that I actually started to consistently go to an Anglican church at the end of college and was actually confirmed in that church in my last year. Because at that point, I didn't even know if I believed in, in God, but I wanted to be part of a community of faith because I believed in that community, even though I didn't feel accepted yeah. by them. Um, really interesting. So it was that, that, that feeling of a lack of acceptance for trying to be an authentic um, truth seeker that I think ultimately caused me to break with evangelicalism entirely. Okay. Yeah. No, those are some... So that's my, that's my counter narrative. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's fairly compelling. Um, so we we're talking about college. Um, we're, what were some of the outside sources that influenced you? Were were these professors, uh, philosophers that you were reading, uh, friends? Um, what I mean, I I know you you think a lot for yourself, but. Um, but it's kind of impossible to learn new things if not from someone else. So I'm, I'm, I guess my question is, what were your biggest influences in some of these particular areas that you're talking about? Sure. Um, I think there are three, three major influencers. Okay. Um, the first was the community of Wheaton. Okay. Um, Broadly speaking? Just the communities and social groups that I was a part okay. of. Um, so that was kind of the, the setting um, for it. Um, and the other part of it is my studies. Um, both professors that I admired and respected a lot, um, and the actual content, the, the authors I was reading, the things I was learning about. Um, and it was... Um, I think the the conflict between where my studies were leading me and um, my inability to fully express my processing of those studies among my social groups that moved me in the direction that I am today, um, hmm. if that makes sense. So are you, are you saying there's sort of a divide between the professors and the uh, students? Like, is it is it... Was it particular professors that were leading your studies to different conclusions? Well, I think the my, the best professors I had and the ones that I gravitated towards were those who were most willing to allow their students to fully explore alternate ways of, of looking at things, who were like fully willing, willing to allow their students to learn. Mm -hmm. um, those are the professors that I gravitated towards um, and who are supportive of the kind of academic project, like who are supportive of this educational um, exploration and gave space for that. And that was something that I did not feel I had anywhere else but in certain classes. Um, hmm. And then they exposed me to all of these authors. And then for myself, I... I pursued that often independently. I would be exposed to one philosopher and would want to read more. These um, these, uh, these professors were Christians, though, right? Yes. So, yeah. So Wheaton, all of their faculty has to be um, have to be dedicated Christians. They have to sign off uh, um, literally on on Christianity, right? Yeah, and they can't just be any Christian. They have to 
um, accept Wheaton's kind of statement of faith. Yeah. So I think they had a Catholic... While we were there, just before we got there, I, I believe they had a, a pretty talented Catholic professor who ended up being asked to leave because of his Catholicism. <laughs> there was a faith issue. Um, hmm. So it's it's that type of, of deal. So... So, um, yeah. So these professors aren't trying to they they weren't trying to lead you astray. No, not at all. I w- I would say um they were all trying to draw their students to think more deeply about their faith so that they could live it more authentically. Uh, most of the professors I gravitated towards were trying to challenge their students to dig deeper and to not accept a sort of shallow Christian culture in in the place of an authentic like Christian vocation, like an authentic um, faith, basically. Um, one that is challenging and uncomfortable um, and in which we don't necessarily know all the answers. Um, so those were yeah. the professors that I gravitated towards and they were committed to their students um as Christians and to their students spiritual growth. Hmm. So that that's a bit of a I mean that that's a major point of contention really. Um I can think of some uh debates on Facebook we've had recently that have to do with this um how much you should uh explore and and expose yourself to new things and new perspectives um at the risk of losing your faith as you know it um yes that's not something that everybody is on board with yeah well i think i think the key words that you just said were as you know it yeah um the question for me always comes back to what are we more committed to are we committed to um our understanding of the truth or are we committed to the truth Mm. um Mm. and that's that's the that's the question is is are you willing or is basically to me it seems like if your faith in god is the strongest thing then you will be willing for him to challenge all of your understandings of him but if you're more committed Mm. to your understanding of god um then that can never be challenged um, but that doesn't seem authentic to me. Hashtag deep thoughts with Adam Corbin. <laughs> it's it's this idea. It's this idea that C.S. Lewis talks about this. I forget the book, but he talks about this idea of iconoclasm. He says he he says that he talks about God as being the great iconoclast. Wait, hold on. Explain what that is first. Iconoclasm. So iconoclasm is basically the destruction of idols. Um, okay. So. To C.S. Lewis, um, creating idols, creating images of God that limit and restrict who God is, is is, is idolatry. It's sinful. Um, and that God will always, um, if we are willing to follow him, he will always destroy our misconceptions about him. That, that none of mm. our perceptions of him will ever be the complete truth, and he will always challenge and shatter and expand and blow up all of our ideas um about him because our ideas will never be fully true to who he is um and so 
I think C.S. Lewis's challenge is, is do we, are we willing to follow this iconoclastic God who will um, deconstruct us um, in our pursuit of him? Um, or do we prefer the safety of our narrow ideas? Yeah. Well, I think that uh, that might be a great note to end on. What do you think? Sure. Um, and I would... I'm, I am... This is the way that I'm seeing it. Um, I just want to, to express that I am very interested and eager to um, talk with people who don't see it this way, to talk with people who feel like mm-hmm. there are places where we shouldn't go in our investigations and in our explorations of the truth and in our commitment to growing um, as Christians or even just as, as people who want to figure out what's true. Um, I, would, I would love to have that conversation in the future. So that's, that's still an open thing for me. Um, yeah, cool. All right, well, we are officially going to end this podcast there. Um, hope everybody listening um, yeah. just enjoyed hearing Adam's perspective. He's a pretty interesting guy, um, and his story is unique to him. Um, and his experiences, I think, are informative for all of us, though. Yeah. Well, thank so. you for for the interview, and to all of you yeah, who of are still listening, I am deep, <laughs> deeply, deeply grateful for for lasting this long. Um, and also, yeah, if you want to send me a message or comment on this wherever we post it, I would love to continue this conversation. Um, if you want to know more about my experience or my views on anything, um, I would love to know your thoughts in response. I would love to have a dialogue with you. So please, please, please reach out if you feel so inclined. And I can vouch for Adam there. Somehow he is both simultaneously the, like, the busiest person in the world. He has all this stuff going on. But, like, he always seems to have time for, like, a real conversation, too. So Thanks, so, man. Yeah. All right, well, we are signing off now. All right, see you next time. Goodbye.